0: welcome sports fans to the matt mosley show on espn central texas the presenting sponsor of the matt mosley show is central national bank your leading independent bank with locations in waco temple and austin also sponsored by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram barnett contracting Coriel health element waco hotel jim turner chevrolet marineland boating center Schmaltz Sandwich Shop with Building Supplies and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Oh, it is Matt Mosley, your friendly local radio host, joining you from New York City. And I'll be making my way back uh, tomorrow into the land of central texas in fact uh, tomorrow we'll hear from mac Rhodes making his first uh, public comments uh, since uh, making the decision to bring back dave aranda and uh, that'll happen uh, tomorrow and we'll probably have that for you real early in the show tomorrow uh, is probably how we'll play that and um, aaron sexton alongside as always we've had two days of women's basketball back-to-back days the uh, baylor women take out south florida today oh by about 23 south florida tried to kind of climb back in there but they were down you know 30 to 15 and they they really didn't climb that much closer to that got it there but then ended up uh, losing by about 20 23 points 73 50 and uh we appreciate uh uh, the gang for bringing us that one. In fact, you heard it right here on ESPN central Texas bugs had 18 Sarah Andrews, 19, uh, Dre Edwards, 10 uh, Jada also in, uh, in double figures. Um, and Aaron, I would just say, you know, based on, maybe it, hopefully it's nothing, but these two games, Asia Blackwell, one of the starters for the team did not play because of injury. I, We'll, uh, visit with Nikki next week and our usual get together and we'll try to monitor that she's pretty upfront, uh, with some of these injuries. So we'll see what the deal is, but I think given what she went through last year, anytime she's out, you can't help, but kind of worry a little bit, but, um, that's, that's the deal. So anyway, we've been off the air for a couple of days now, but we're back, we're back and, uh, uh, but always fun to have. And yesterday we had the women, and then the men played. And Aaron, you know, on one hand, that game Bears were down twenty six sixteen, turning the ball over a ton, looking a little bit similar to Michigan State, and so it was nice to see them rally, um, get in you know get there, get it to close at halftime. It was thirty four thirty two at halftime. With Duke and then the bears with about 11 minutes left, 1120 mark were up, you know, 54 to 48 and Duke goes on a big run after that and takes out the bears. Uh, we were there and, um, you know, I, I was, uh, my buddy, uh, Fleetwood hosted us and, uh, it was an awesome vantage point and, uh, he helps to know big time people from uh, New Jersey and uh, he grew up in Flanders, New Jersey and um, uh, still works here and has raised his family here. And he's a good. He's a great fraternity brother of mine, great friend. And um, man, we had a good group. We had Sasser, we had Matt Wallace, we had Jimmy Mays um, and uh, Steve Mitchell was somewhere in there. Although Mitchell has done so well that I think he was down there like with the president or something, but um it was uh, it was a good group. Greg Blankenship in town with us as well, and Aaron. It, it just, I mean, you know, I don't know what Scott's got to do with Ray J. Dennis. I mean, he's a great scorer. He posts up extremely well. He he can get he can finish at the rim. There's so many things he does well, but he's you know he's hurting Baylor right now because he turns the ball over too much and i mean it's it's close i mean i the in these you know losses they've had to michigan state and duke i would say he's probably averaged about six or seven turnovers in those two games and it's not just a brand new thing he's he's been turnover prone this season um Again, love how he plays. I love how he gets to the rim. He's extremely hard to defend, but he's loose with the basketball. And you can't you can't have it. I mean, you know, you these other teams get easy transition buckets and you know, it just they've gotta figure this out. I mean, he's he's really struggling with the uh with the turnovers and Honestly, Baylor's best offense last night against the Blue Devils was, or especially early on, was just putting anything up there on the rim and then letting Eve Meesey go up there and do a put-back dunk. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He's a tremendous defender. They did a good job in the second half getting Filipowski – um, Duke's big man in trouble, in foul trouble, and they got four fouls and he had to leave the game. And unfortunately, their backup center sort of hung in there and made some plays and played pretty tough against the Bears. But, I mean, it should have been a, a moment in that game when he had to check out with six, about seven, eight minutes left that the Bears made hay, and uh, and, and they didn't. They just really didn't, and it was an uh, you know, unfortunate uh, all the way around, you know, Jacoby had his moments. I think right now, you know, he's Jacoby Walter, the star freshman for the Bears, you know, can hit big threes, needs to get to the line more because he's so good at it. Like he drives and can and can get contact. Did Duke get some calls last night? You bet they did. You bet it's Duke. I mean, I, and Aaron, you, you have to kind of like, as much as we've all been trained not to like Duke, like you do have to tip your hat to the crowd that showed up at Madison Square Garden. And quite honestly, Baylor had a pretty good crowd. I mean, I don't know how many Baylor had, but they got loud at times. Um, it, was a, it was not a bad crowd for the Bears. I mean, I would say throughout the arena, somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 1,000 people. There, that place holds about 18,000, 19,000, maybe a little more. And uh, 1,000 Baylor fans. But Duke <laughs> took Madison Square Garden over. I mean, it, it – and, Aaron, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but I'm just telling you, being in the arena, it was amazing. I mean, just the eruptions that would happen. I mean, extremely impressive. I know UConn fans show up huge when they play at Madison Square Garden, and, and they're kind of used to – uh UConn being there over the years and the Big East Tournament and all the things that they do. But man, this was a massive Duke crowd. I mean, I I like that Scott plays a tough schedule and I think it probably does pay off in far as rankings and net and seating. But Aaron, I, I think you, and, and we'll talk to Scott about this on the show. I think you got to rethink like what kind of neutral site games you play. Like, they, they ran into a buzzsaw in Michigan against Michigan State. That's not a neutral site. That's a that's a huge Michigan State crowd. And then they they get beat by Duke. Now, they played a lot better. They didn't play great, but they were at least competitive. I mean, but it, it, it does stink that they were so competitive and took control of that ball game, and then in one two- or three-minute span just sort of gave everything up. I mean, it was – It was 55, 54 Duke in about a minute and a half or two minutes. They were playing downhill. They hit a three. Um, I, you know, Aaron, some of those players for Duke, I mean, I know Roach, I know Proctor, Philipowski. We know those guys, but the guys killing Baylor were different dudes. It was like Foster, who was number one. Aaron, you may remember whoever number zero was, he killed Baylor. I mean, threes taking it to the whole, I mean, it, it, again, you know, Jacoby, I mean, it's like there's no help defense. I mean, I when, when Duke turns the corner and if Meecy's not waiting at the rim, there's just way too many straight line drives right now in the Michigan State game and the Duke game where somebody's just not – they're not communicating. They're not rotating. I mean, I – it's crazy to watch a guy come screaming around the corner there and Jacoby kind of fit funneling him to, to, to his right. And then nobody comes over. We're talking about a free layup. I mean, I'd rather you put the guy in the stands or hit him. I mean, like they got John Wichachua into the game um, fairly early because he can take up some fouls and play physically, but that was not a good defensive effort. I mean, that's, I mean, other than Misi, who plays with great force and, and, uh, but Filipowski a really good player and he's highly, highly skilled for Duke and he was able to kind of back his way down. So he had, uh, he probably ended up with 17, 18 points. Zero had 20 something for them, like 21 or 23. and, Bears had some moments. I thought Grimes gave them some really good energy off the bench. Langston played with some energy, but the offense just doesn't look right. I mean, they're trying to run the weave and then sometimes they can't even get it. They don't even get up, end up getting a shot off. One time, Aaron, they, they hit the rim and the refs called a shot clock violation. But honestly, the possession was so disjointed that I kind of understand why the referees missed it in a sense. They just got, they just got kind of, I mean, it, it was a, such a bad offensive possession that they just didn't really honor the fact that the desperation shot actually hit the rim. So, I mean, this is a, a team that last year was one of the most efficient offensive teams in the country. At times this year, they've been ranked as high as number one. Um, you know, John Jacobs is just a tremendous all-around coach, but especially on offense. He just does a, a bang up job, but they're not they're not on right now. I mean, this is uh, this is a bit of a struggle. So anyway, I uh Aaron, did you you know, watching that on TV last night and then of course listening to it on air, I mean I the Duke crowd, and we should not be surprised that Duke has a big national following. But I got to say, being in that arena, and, why, and And I'm sure we had a we had a uh, a monitor up there so we could kind of get a feel for what was happening. But I, I would think, Aaron, all our audience that watched that game on TV or listened to it was pretty much blown away by how Duke took over that arena and had about sixteen thousand fans there.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was pretty amazing. It, it looked like a Duke home game without the Cameron Crazies obviously right on top of uh, Baylor, but other than that, yeah, it was uh it was a home away from home for them for sure.
0: 5 days before Christmas. And, you know, all the things that are going on in New York and that that crowd and of course there were a lot of people that I I said to uh my guy, he was sitting over there to, um, old guy just met, he was over in the next little area section. And, uh, you know, we were talking about how many, you know, like, oh, I wonder how many of these 17,000 are actually Duke grads or whatever. And, um, I mean, they just, but they're like the Yankees in a sense of college basketball. they just have a huge following. And I said, well, I, I said, I guarantee you most of these Baylor fans are, uh, are graduates, but they, they, you know, but and Baylor has a lot of fun f- following because they've gotten so good at at, um, at at men's basketball, and women's basketball over the years. But the Duke thing was just like overwhelming. It was it was crazy to be there in person and witness that. And then Aaron, I don't know if you saw this on TV, but they're doing they do some kind of hand gesture thing now that most of, we hadn't really seen. They put their two, they put their hands together and then they they stick their thumbs out and instead of like a hook'em horns, horns, I guess it's a blue devils, like it's the devil or somebody said it's the boar because they're in Durham. It's like a Durham bulls thing. I, I don't know, but I don't remember Aaron really seeing that over the years. I mean, think of how much Duke basketball we've watched in the arena and people that were there that are now home listening to us they know what i'm talking about here in the in home the in in-house tv at the arena on the jumbotron every single fan i'm talking like five-year-old fans or 50-year-old fans we're all doing this hand gesture and it looks weird like i don't know what it is i mean i know it's supposed to be like horns have you had you ever seen that, Aaron, or is this new to you too? Have you seen Duke fans do this weird horns thing with their hands? <laughs>
1: no, apparently they're trying to come up with something new because I've never seen it before either.
0: Okay. I was kind of surprised by that. But Duke's good. I mean they are good. I, I don't again, I don't know how much of that was Baylor was a, I just hate that Baylor, I mean, at least they were competitive, but they have dropped two now. Duke was number 21 in the country. Baylor was number 10. Baylor has one more game left in the Ferrell Center. That is tomorrow, Mississippi Valley State, and, you know, that's going to be a a wipeout game. So the Bears are probably, Aaron, Duke's going to come rolling up to about probably 15 or 16 in the country, and I bet Baylor falls down to – Probably number seventeen or something like that. I mean, it'll be a big drop because they got crushed by Michigan State. They got to benefit for the doubt and they left them at ten. But man, they they did not. I mean, i I didn't think. I mean, i they played okay. They they were way more competitive, and they played Duke tough. But they didn't hit back. That's what kills me. And and this team. Um, I'm trying to remember which team I'm thinking about. There was one team, it might have been last year's team, where they they, they just wouldn't – it would take them too long to react or they wouldn't hit back. I mean, it happened against Marquette in a game. I remember when they played up in Manhattan against Kansas State. They were in the game, in the game. It was like a one-point game at halftime. And then they when they got hit with a haymaker, they didn't respond. And they did respond in the first half yesterday. And they were fine with t- with 11 minutes left in that game. And then they just didn't, they got hit with a, a run. And it was really d- demoralizing to watch. They never responded to the run. I mean, it's not like the effort wasn't there, but the, the skill or whatever, it was just not there. And uh, the Bears lose to the Duke Blue Devils at Madison Square Garden, billed as, the greatest arena in the world. All right. It is uh, the Matt Mosley show ESPN central Texas, Tim Watkins of, uh, of Baylor uh, to 24 seven, who has monitored We need to talk about signing day yesterday. We hadn't had a chance and uh, Baylor signed a class of 15. Let's discuss, let's do it next.
2: Football football 2023 second and goal snap to Prescott only heard here, here. looks left slant gallop. all season touchdown that was right
0: now Sunday afternoon it's your Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins live from Hard Rock Stadium on
2: this Dallas Cowboys radio network station
1: it's the Cowboys and the Dolphins Sunday starting with the pregame at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas
2: hey folks Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet Thank you for a record-setting November and make a JTC your number one full-service Chevrolet store. With all of our new inventory, it's starting to look a little like Christmas.
1: At Jim Turner Chevrolet, we also have the largest selection of certified pre-owned and in need for
2: more. So before you spend too much, give us the opportunity to earn your business. Give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away in McGregor.
0: We'll treat you like family. Find new roads.
2: Okay, everyone, check this out from D. Fine Jewelers in Waco. D. Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D. Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com.
1: Hey, Central Texas, next time you're ready
0: for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests a superb combination of luxury and comfort. Uh, the rooms are big and spotless, feature an upscale, modern look and feel. I should know I've stayed there. It is Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. They have suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming big game. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh, modern Mediterranean inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients they have the local beer and organic wine cocktails open to the public seven days a week five to ten p.m. and then that heated outdoor pool and hot tub located 2200 north robinson drive just off the famous waco traffic circle it is the element waco hotel and ask about our discounted rates for november and december
1: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is
0: Matt Mosley from the streets of New York City. Um, Bears lose to Duke, and I was there to um, observe, and it just did not. It did not work out, unfortunately, for the uh, for the Bears, and uh, they'll get another crack at it tomorrow night against an 0 11 Mississippi Valley State team. So I think I like their chances tomorrow night. Tim Watkins joining us now from uh, Baylor 247, and uh, I, Tim, it was uh, I felt yesterday. You know they had the Baylor women, and then the men played. And I was up here watching the the men play, but you can imagine it, it knocked me off the air. And I was really wanting to talk about signing day and do all that. So glad you can uh, be on with us. And boy, long time no talk. Uh, how are you, sir?
3: I am well. I am well. Getting ready to uh, celebrate an awesome Christmas this weekend, and. Spending time with family and uh, celebrating, I-, I think, is an underrated Baylor football recruiting class. It's definitely one that I'm higher on than the industry. A lot of tweets and GIFs and memes of Big 12 rankings and Baylor's somewhere between 14th and 16th. But I, I think there's a story around that, and it's a positive one for the staff and what they've built on the recruiting trail.
0: Boy, I'm anxious to hear that because I, I see the same things you've seen and – whether it be 247, 14th. I know some other sites have them even lower than that. But, you know, and there may be a, a player or two they're waiting on to see what happens, but they did have 15 players sign. And uh, there's been some portal activity. There's been some JUCO activity as well. But, Tim, start start us off. What what makes you, you know, and again, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I... I'm kind of, you know, if, if you're convicted about some of these certain players and, and you follow your conviction, I mean, it's not like now we act like the 2023 freshman class was some kind of unbelievable class. I don't recall that class being ranked like the greatest in the conference or something like that. So these things, it's all about perspective and we get kind of lost in the moment. What 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 sort of overall in general before we start looking at some of these players, what what has you a little more optimistic about this Bears class than some other folks?
3: Yeah, I think it's it it's fit in what this team wants to do, and I, I'm probably a higher fan of what they did on the defensive side of the ball. When we're talking specifically about high school and junior college, you're looking at linebackers uh, weakness. I would say of the, the 2023 season, they were, they were slow. They weren't aggressive. Um, it, it was a linebacker group that got abused a lot in pass coverage. So, so what do they do? Uh, they bring in Kylan Reed out of Mansfield summit. He's an 85 grade guy. I have him closer to an 88 or an 89. So really a fringe four-star type player, six to 210, really one of those guys that create havoc. That's one of the things that I always look for in my front seven defensive players. Are they getting tackles for loss? Are they forcing fumbles? Are they getting sacks? Reed does that. He pops on film with good speed, good athleticism, a good frame that I think can grow into a 6'2", 230, 240-pound player and really be that one of those linebackers that, that can really make an impact in the run game and have the agility to get in the backfield. You look at another experienced guy coming from Northeast Mississippi Community College, a first-team All-American junior college linebacker by Keaton Thomas, ultra, ultra productive this past year. I think he was a massive get. They beat out a lot of strong SEC teams. He visited Mississippi State the last weekend of the signing area, and he signed with Baylor on Wednesday. These are two guys that I think could really impact that linebacker group. You're looking at a, a safety, a impact physical athletic safety like, like Chris Wilkema out of uh, Arlington Bowie High School, Kyler Beatty, a corner out of Comanche, Texas. Guy he reminds me of Caden Jenkins, another 86th grade mid third tier guy that didn't have the best offer list. That that really athletically looks like he hasn't. Kyler Beatty looks the exact same to me. Not saying he's going to be as impactful is Caden Jenkins, but Kyler Beatty is a guy that I think can really, really pop and contribute early. Our, one of our top-rated defenders uh, is Mason Dossett. Speed, speed, speed. Mainly played wide receiver at Ridge Point High School, but he's a guy that's going to play safety. If he can develop the physical nature and kind of that tackling ability, he's a ball hawk safety, and that is something that Baylor Desperately, desperately needed. So, the guys that signed the letter of intent, I like what they did, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And their top guy didn't even sign in Alex Foster. I think a legitimate four star, top 150 recruit. He's a defensive lineman out of Mississippi. Impact, strong at the uh, incredible strength at the point of attack, really get in the backfield to make things happen. Baylor's in a dogfight with Texas to get him to sign. Uh, most likely in February. So I think this is a class where you look at the pieces of the puzzle. They got some really, really good players that fit areas of need now and into the future.
0: Well, that's interesting news. Um, and talking to Tim Watkins from uh, Baylor 247 Sports. And, uh, I mean, uh, you guys have uh, done a really nice job on all this, and I, I, I always have enjoyed reading you. I've known you now for Years, but you've always have some young staffers that do a really nice job. This, uh, the foster one that you just mentioned intrigues me. Um, and like tech, you know, part of you wants to be like, okay, Texas, did you not? I mean, all those five stars you either flipped or brought in, is that not enough? Do you have to come get like Baylor's highest ranked recruit? And the answer, of course, for them is, well, sure we do. If we've got, yeah. like, an extra uh, spot, we're going to come get your guys. And, uh, and, and this is, uh, you know, highly, highly competitive. Um, you know, I so that's interesting to me because what I'm wondering is when you say dogfight, what I hear you saying is NIL. And it may not I – mean, you never know. I mean, it's not always the case. But I guess the good news is, Tim, is that Baylor – is trying to be more competitive in that space. They at least are a little more upfront with it now and don't hide from it. And not that they did, but it just, I don't think it was a comfortable thing with Aranda. I, I do think he's understands that to have uh, any kind of, you know, to move forward and to last as the head coach, he's got to jump into this thing. And they're going to have more money and have a bigger budget. I mean, I don't think they get Quinn, the transfer quarterback out of Toledo, if they're not paying him, you know, a pretty nice rate. And and I would imagine you don't want to go toe to toe with Texas, but again, this is not Texas is not dedicating like its biggest money to this player. Do you see that this last one, Tim, is kind of a fifty fifty proposition on whether he'll end up with the, with Texas or the Bears?
3: I think it's still edge with Baylor and Texas obviously flipped some very highly rec- recruited and rated guys on, on signing day as well as on the uh, the defensive end and kind of edge players. Did that take Alex Foster's spot? We haven't really identified the answer to that question yet, but, but I think you're absolutely right. When it comes to NIL, it was uncomfortable. Um, you know, how Aranda wanted it tied into the person over player didn't allow them to be strategic. When it came to putting a player first, we don't get a guy that is a top 10 transfer quarterback in a loaded transfer quarterback class like DaQuan Finn. He was extremely highly coveted. They identified him as a guy that they wanted. They went all in. He was the only quarterback that actually visited Malik Murphy was kind of a backup option. He was going to come in January. I doubt that's going to happen now, uh, with Finn committed, signed, sealed, and delivered. So this is this is definitely a, an intriguing conversation of how can they keep Alex Foster? How can they make sure that they build this class?
0: The Quan Finn, man, eighty-eight touchdowns. Uh, I, I'm kind of excited to see. I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, Sawyer Robertson uh you know that competition and see how Sawyer responds to this um you know I couldn't help Tim you, you know you always want to have like eyes on your own paper but like look at like Oregon's quarterback situation with Baylor's former commit that flipped over there to Oregon in Novasad and then the fact that they brought in not only a big time Dylan Gabriel from OU but then they get a, a former five star from UCLA, what a what a fascinating thing that will be, but again, that's somebody else's problem. I don't think Baylor's going to be uh, trying to trying to get him to transfer back. Um speaking of quarterback though, also because you've watched this happen and it's it's probably bug me more than or uh, than anybody. I know in the in the portal world not getting high school quarterbacks is not that huge of a deal anymore. But I still think there's something about your program that loses some luster when you, you know, you didn't get one in twenty two. You then you then lose a you know, Novosad in twenty three. Um I, I, I think that kind of is a tough thing on a program. And, you know, the good thing about this Nate Bennett, he may not be off the charts or ranked the highest, but even though I'm sure the primary uh, uh, recruiter was Sean Bell, I would imagine this guy is, you know, he's not going to bell in some sense because huge Baylor family. I think I was on campus with his dad back in the day. But, like, I'm sort of getting – I'm kind of like you a little bit. Like, I'm not – if you feel convicted about a quarterback and that quarterback is truly committed to you, then pull the trigger. You know, and don't worry about oh my gosh, not everybody has offered this guy. If you feel good about him, that all that said, what do you think about Bennett and, and like what's the what's the ceiling for, for this kid?
3: Yeah, he's a guy that can play at this level. Um, He is extremely accurate, over 70% completion percentage last year. He's slight of frame. He struggled with injuries. He's not one of those jitterbug moving around explosive with his legs. He's a guy that's going to sit in the pocket, hit his first and second read, and put the ball into the right spot to get yards after the catch. That's really, really important in Jake Spavitol's offense. Spread him out quick releases, quick reads, get up and go, do it again within 10, 15 seconds. So he's a guy that I think fits really well in this offense from a passing arm perspective. doesn't have the biggest arm, will need to improve his deep ball uh, accuracy uh, as he tries to stretch the field, but he can run this type of offense. And quarterback rooms are built with guys like Nate Bennett as a second or a third string guy for a couple of years. You look at a guy like Nick Florence. Similar type of background, not extremely highly recruited and ranked, had to play in his freshman year after RG3 went out, but was the backup for a couple years. Came in and and set records in his senior year. Nate Bennett's a guy that that's probably the best case scenario is coming in, being a backup for a couple years and being that starting center or starting a quarterback in his final year. We saw Texas Tech in the early 2000s go from senior to senior to senior to senior under Mike Leach, that I think is a better path for success rather than Baylor recruiting a five-star and hoping you get the NIL money to clear and hope you keep him from the uh, onslaught of other NIL deals for years and years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, I I I think the Lord has some command on not coveting other teams' quarterbacks. Um, I have to tell you that... You know, and part of it, I've just known this kid for years now, going on about three or four years. But, you know, Hoss Haney, who's headed to TCU, wow. I mean, you know, you talk about somebody that turned into a massive high school quarterback, and and the Bears were on him. The Bears offered him, and and honestly did a really good job recruiting him. They just didn't didn't make the offer when – they needed to. And and you've seen it. And that's why I'm okay with this Bennett thing. Like if you if you love this kid and he's your guy, get the offer in, get it done. And you know, um, I know the the Handy Kid, for instance, is a big TCU legacy. Both his parents played it at TCU, but I mean I the kid was interested in it, at Baylor at one point. But um, but anyway, that's nor here nor there, you can imagine. I've just there's certain players across the country that high school players that just stand out like crazy to me. You know, from a recruiting standpoint, Tim, and Tim Watkins with us, Baylor 247, tell me what you're seeing in the early days, because I, I don't really want to even hold him accountable for this class, but Keenan Hall, who they hired from SMU as the assistant head coach, running backs coach, how important a hire was that for Baylor in terms of getting re-entrenched um, in in Dallas and, and especially, you know, uh, Southern Dallas County uh, where he played, you know, South Oak Cliff and, and had been recruiting really well in the Dallas area for SMU. How big a hire
3: do you think that was? It's a massive hire. It's one that, that Dave Aranda needed to make, uh, in my opinion, a home run hire, because as you said, Dallas is, is a critical area for every program. When Joey McGuire left to be the head coach at Texas Tech, they lost their guy. Cedar Hill, head coach, Texas High School Coaches Association legend. They lost that in. Uh, Justin Johnson left to go to Texas Tech. While he was more known for Houston, he was really recruiting in the lead guy in the Dallas-Fort Worth area the last year, year and a half. Uh, A.J. Stewart came in. I think he he did an okay job. But he wasn't a Texas guy. He couldn't walk into Oak Cliff. He couldn't walk into Cedar Hill. Couldn't walk into Duncanville and say, hey, everybody knows me. He's been recruiting out of Oregon State for a couple of years. Keenan Hall gives them that, for lack of a better word, swag. Gives them that credibility to, you know – go in there and know the receptionist's name, to know who they need to talk to, what coach, what assistant coach is going to give them the real skinny on the guys, who are they going to actually have a true chance with, and build that relationship, build that excitement around Baylor football, especially as they now kind of pivot into the transfer portal and pivot most importantly for the future of this program into the 2025 class. And that's a class that should be a lot bigger next year. It's one that should be ranked much higher with eighteen to twenty two, twenty three recruits right now, depending on how they want to fill out the portal. The twenty twenty five class, especially if Dave Aranda is successful, he doesn't go through the same off season questions and concerns again. That's a class that really has a chance to, to re-solidify Baylor as a strong recruiting destination.
0: Yeah. And you know this this class is a special one in you, you really, I, I, I'm glad you like this class. I mean, it's also, and for different reasons, you know, like Petrie was such a special player to all Baylor fans for like what he represented and sticking with Baylor at a horrible time for the school and then becoming one of the greatest players in Baylor history. This class, you know, had to go ahead and commit when a coach came very close to getting fired and then in the true sense if you want to negative recruit Baylor it'd be very easy to do so right you just say well this guy's a lame duck coach and you know who knows if he's going to be there or not and yet these 15 signed and so I think that's uh, I think I think the you know I think that uh, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you kind of like some of these uh, players because I think sometimes, especially these recruiting services and of course two four sevens right there in in the lead of some of these but you can get so tied into these numbers you know like oh my gosh they're 14th we had a horrible class or something like that and the truth is you know you can have some really good and fine individual players even if you don't have you know and and why does tech and others get rated so highly well one uh Tim, they go and get a, you know, like a first five-star they've probably ever had, right? They get like an amazing player. And then two, they get the quantity. And Baylor's had classes like that where you load up and you get so many kids so early, even if they're not like the greatest class, there's kind of some of those numbers start to translate. So anyway, Tim, that was That was fun, man. I'm I'm glad we did this and uh, appreciate the perspective that you uh,
3: bring, and and let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Always happy to talk to you and your listeners. Have an amazing time in New York. I'm insanely jealous that I wasn't able to be up there. That's on the bucket list to go to a game in Madison Square Garden. So awesome, even though it wasn't a Baylor loss. That should had to be a heck of an experience.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, both times I've come up here to see Baylor, uh, I may just leave you for the next one because uh, I have not been good luck. They South Carolina they uh, they did not get it done yeah. uh, in a Sweet Sixteen, and now against Duke. Although getting better, this was a better game than uh, than that South Carolina game for sure. At least Baylor was in the game fairly fairly late. Appreciate it, Tim. I'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, thanks, sir. Bye. Tim Watkins from. 24/7 sports that is the Baylor portion of that and uh, and, and I've, I've enjoyed he and his staff over the years uh, some of the work they've done and uh, in fact he's got a uh, he's got a young guy doing some recruiting for him now that I've really enjoyed kind of following here lately I need to call him by name uh, but uh, but anyway he did a nice job here in the uh, here in the the weeks leading up to uh, uh, to signing day, early signing day. Uh, that name that we were just talking about that we kind of need to keep our eye on is um, Alex Foster out of Mississippi. I mean, I depending on what services you believe or whatever, he's considered Baylor's top highest rated recruit. That would be a really nice way to finish things because Texas wants him. Baylor had him. Texas has now kind of got him waffling a little bit, and now he's not going to decide until February. Um, So, you know, you don't don't always love a head-on battle with Texas NIL, but this doesn't have to be a head-on battle. In a sense, I mean, they've committed a ton of their NIL dollars to these other players, and I don't know what they'll do. They may end up with this player, but it'll be interesting to watch. But Kylan Reed, Brock Jackson, uh, Tristan Santoro, we didn't really talk about him. Colton uh, uh, Siraki from uh, the Woodlands, the brother, his brother already plays for Baylor. Nate Bennett from out there in Malibu or in the, uh, Calif- uh, in the Los Angeles area. And then uh, uh, Chris Wokuma, uh the safety the Ridgepoint uh, player, Mason Dossett, uh, Aaron and I used to watch his uh, dad, Martin Dossett, for the Bears, speed for days. Martin Dossett was a track athlete, big time. Comanche corner, uh, and that's uh, Kyler Beatty. We'll keep our eye on all these players. Congratulations to these uh, 15 players who came on board. And, and I, I agree, some big time uh, JUCO talent that's come into the Bears. That's, that reminds me of some old Bill Snyder's days. All right, next it is the dismount. We got to say good night. We'll talk to you. This,
1: you next is, next. this is ESPN Central Texas.
0: Oh, Richard, Car, Buick, GMC. How lovely are your SUVs? Oh, Richard, Car, Buick, GMC. I love the trucks you have for me. Strong and tough with luxury, room for all my family. Oh, Richard Carr, Buick GMC, you are the dealership
2: for me. I'm Joe Kaleo. Businesses are driven by vision and passion, and we share that drive. We aim to build a relationship with you to help ensure your financial plan matches your ambition. Together, let's bring your vision to life. Kaleo Wealth Management Group is a Central Texas team at UBS Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. For our Client Relationship Summary Disclosures, please visit UBS.com slash Relationship Summary.
0: Run a winning play over knee, hip, and shoulder pain. Corey Health's all-star team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons, Dr. Lance Ellis, Dr. Jacob Battle, use the latest minimally invasive technology, including orthopedic surgical robot, to perform total knee replacement. Whether your pain is from an old sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, Corio Health Orthopedic can help make the play. Call today, 254 483 That's 254-483-K-N-E-E. Holiday gift giving is now upon us. At Morrison Gifts, we want to give holiday shoppers a break from the crowds. Starting now, enjoy special pricing on select items weekly through Christmas. Brands like John Hart, Consuela, Sweet Grace, and Times Candles. At Morrison's, you'll find home decor, gourmet items, bath and body, baby, and of course, Christmas decor. Let us build the perfect gift basket and remember
1: free gift wrapping. Local delivery is available and shipping anywhere. That's Morrison Gifts at the corner of Valley Mills and Waco Drive, close to Jason's Deli. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up on ESPN Central Texas.
2: Well, it's that time again, the most wonderful time of
0: the year. And just like most of us, the foundation doctor's thinking about home and family.
2: Hey, Dad.
1: Hi, Jay. What you working on?
2: I'm building a gingerbread house.
1: That's cool. Why's the door so crooked? And why is your chimney leaning like that?
2: I guess my house needs the foundation Doctor.
1: (laughs) You're such a goofy kid. Is your house starting to look like a Pinterest project gone wrong? Are you worried about the jolly old fat man making it down your crooked chimney? Then you need to call the doctor. We'll get you back on level in no time. Give us a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. From all of us at the Foundation Doctor, we wish you the merriest of Christmases and a very blessed New Year.
0: Foundation doctors just like old Santa Claus, just like old
1: Santa, we make house calls. <laughs> it's time now for the dismount of the Matt Mosley show on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Oh, it is time to say good night to you. From New York City and uh, have enjoyed our time up here watching the Baylor Bears play against Duke again there were some good things that happened they responded when they got down early Uh, wasn't uh, a lost cause and uh, hopefully it will help them moving forward but they need to kind of lick their wounds gear up and get ready to go for conference they'll open the uh, Foster Pavilion on January 2nd and a reminder tomorrow we will have Mac Rhodes these will be Mac's first public comments since he made the the huge decision to bring Dave Aranda back uh, to Baylor and so it's something we need to uh, certainly ask him about and then of course I think he'll want to be taught he'll want to talk about uh, Foster Pavilion the opening of it how everybody needs to kind of handle getting over there. But it is a huge, huge moment for Baylor Athletics. Okay, Aaron, appreciate it. Thanks for everybody who's been a part of this one. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3 o'clock straight up. Good night, everybody.
1: This is the Modern Media Big 12 Blitz, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference Football. Here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris.
2: My name is Trevor Jack of Big 12 Football on today's Modern Media Big 12 Blitz. Coming up next Tuesday, the Kansas Jayhawks tee it up in Phoenix against UNLV in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Coming up, we'll hear from Kansas head coach Lance Leipold about the benefits of playing in Arizona. That's straight ahead on today's Modern Media Big 12 Blitz. Come see why Green Eye Associates is voted best in Waco year after year. Enjoy exceptional service and care from Dr. Leanne Green alongside her dedicated optometrist and staff. Receive trustworthy insights on your eye health. Enjoy the impressive variety of contacts and eyewear and work with the most experienced optical team in Waco. Don't miss the new state-of-the-art dry eye therapies that rejuvenate the eyes and face with safe, non-invasive treatments to restore comfort and quality of life. Green Eye Associates, official optometrist of Baylor Athletics. Baylor, Scott.